Hey, what's up, guys? Tony Gonzalez here. Welcome back to Wide Open. As many of you know, I've started doing these solo episodes to give you more insight into my mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> these conversations are a combination of stories, some of your questions for me, and an opportunity to dive deep into the big themes that I'm most interested in. Let's level up. As always, I just want to thank everybody who submitted questions on social media about this topic. Hey, keep hitting me up. I like doing this. This is fun. <laughs> At Tony Gonzalez 88 and I can't wait to hear from you. Today, we're going to talk about battling fear. You know, it would be hard for me to think about a more relevant topic than what we're all experiencing right now as individuals and as a society. If you follow me, you know that this topic is also very important to my own journey, which I'll talk more about today. I say a lot that life starts out on the other side of fear, which for myself means that you can't really improve or thrive unless you discover ways to move past fear. As many of you are thinking about how you can be more productive and live with a greater sense of normalcy, I think this is an essential topic to dig into. Let's get going. First question is from Nicole F. What was your biggest fear and how did you overcome it? Um, well, <laughs> I'm laughing because there's been so many uh, that I considered big fears. Hmm. Um, I, I, one that I've talked about a lot. Anytime I do a public speaking, if I'm speaking to children, I did it at my Hall of Fame speech. Uh, I was talking about, the, you know, back in junior high, I had this, in eighth grade, I had this bully. It's my bully story. And I know a lot of people out there have already heard it. But long story short, I had a bully in eighth grade that I was terrified of, literally terrified, did not want to fight this guy. I was scared of him. He had the biggest reputation of beating people up. He used to come to my school every single day after school and wait for me, uh, and I would run from him. He couldn't see me running from him. I think he was there just because he was in high school, by the way, and I was in junior high, and he would come down to our school, uh, and he'd go to the same spot every time. I, th I guess if he really did want to fight me, he would have found me. But anyways, neither here nor there. I've let it go. <laughs> Uh, but I'd hide, I mean, I'd hide my skateboard and I would um, ride my skateboard home every single day uh, and just stay at home. I didn't go to parties. I didn't go to school dances. I didn't do any activities outside of school because I was so afraid that he would show up and beat me up in front of everybody and humiliate me physically and emotionally, just terrified of this guy. Uh, it culminated at graduation. The whole year goes by. There was a scheduled fight in between where I was supposed to fight him and I never got around. I, I chickened out on the way to the fight. I chickened out, uh, which made things even worse for me at school. You know, by the way, during this whole time at school, people stopped talking to me. I became a social pariah at school. If you were talking to me, it was um, it was probably not cool. Uh, so I hardly had any friends at this time. And it culminated at at uh, graduation where I, I saw him. He showed up at graduation and I was so afraid. I had my whole family there that when it came time to throw your hat in the air after the graduation was over, I went and hid behind a wall and my family came up and found me at the same time. All of them, it was like out of a movie. They all walked up at the same time and I've told this story before, but it's burned in my memory forever. I remember seeing the look on my mother's face and my brother's face, my older brother Chris's face, just absolute disappointment disappointment that I would be running. And they knew about this whole thing, obviously, uh, throughout the year. Uh, and they had told me to face it, get it over with. If you're going to get your ass kicked, get your ass kicked. You never know. You might even surprise yourself. And I'm not advocating for violence. And I don't think they were either. They were advocating more so for just face your fear and get over it and live your life because look what it's done to you. And it did. It ruined my eighth grade year. And I remember thinking to myself, I will never see that look on their faces again. 
I will never have it again. And it changed my life in that instant. That it, it changed my life for football. Uh, I was a Pop Warner player before that, you know, the young minor league football players for the, for the little kids. And I was the worst kid on the team. I never got any play. I quit the first year because I wasn't playing. The second year, I just stayed on the team where I played a little bit, but not really. And I, I didn't like football. I didn't like the physicality. I was afraid of the physical contact. I was afraid of everything. I was a very scared little, little boy back then. But that changed, that moment changed my life. I remember I said to myself, I will no longer run from anything again physically. Anybody trying to beat me up, I'm not, it's not, I'm not gonna be scared. If I'm playing football, I'm not gonna be scared of the physicality. I'm gonna go through it. I was gonna be scared because I was scared. I remember playing my freshman football year being so scared before games. Uh, and like I wanted to throw up the butterflies. So, so much nervous energy. My, my stomach was in knots. And, but I always went through it. I said, nope, I'd feel it coming up. And I'd be like, okay, get out of here. Uh, or, or I'd go out there and be scared the first five, six plays of the game until you settle in. And then you're no longer scared. A lot of athletes out there know what I'm talking about. Uh, and then you settle, settle into the game. Uh, but that fear didn't leave me for a long time. For a long, not even until I got to the pros, I would always have that fear. I never had that fear in basketball because basketball is just not as, it's just not as physical. It's all there is to it. It's not even close. Football is a whole nother animal. And that stops a lot of people. Stops a lot of people's greatness on the football field because they're afraid of the contact. They're afraid to go over the middle and catch the ball because of the pain. Uh, and that's a real fear. I mean, that's a, that's a valid fear. But the, the way I got through that, answering the question, Nicole, sorry, is, is I, I just told myself I'll never, I never want to go through that feeling again. I was so scared. And I still am to this day. I am really, really afraid to ever feel that, that fear of physicality. But, and I'm sure, and we'll talk more about it in a little bit. I'm sure it's going to come up about emotional fear. That's a whole different animal. The fear of somebody saying something bad about you, the fear of rejection, which, which, <laughs> which a lot of us deal with. And we'll get into my little, my little advice on how we can, how you can get through that uh, real quickly. One of them is just telling yourself how great you are. <laughs> I know that sounds millennial and how special you are, uh, but really, that's a big part of it is really, really uh, talking yourself into your fearlessness. And, and that doesn't mean fear disappears. It just means you go through your fear. And I believe fear is something that, that is a tool, that it is a gift. It is something you should make friends with. It's something that is a blessing when it comes. It's kind of a barometer for me to know that I'm going the right direction now, the way I've, I've made friends with fear. I've, I've been totally, I'm totally comfortable uh, with that. And it's taken a long time to get there. It really hasn't really settled in with me until around two years ago, really. That's when it finally started clicking for me that fear just isn't something that's physical based. Uh, it's an emotional thing. Um, it's a spiritual thing. I mean, it's, it's something on all levels that gets at you, but it's, it's something that's part of life. It's something that's meant to be, at least in my opinion, that you need. We, it's, it's the human spirit. It's what makes living, it's what makes life so great. When you can go through your fear, it's, there's no uh, better feeling. Um, I said it before and I'll say it again. Life takes off on the other side of fear. Uh, and it's, but that was the first time that I truly had to deal with, uh, with overcoming um, hardcore fear, fear at that gut level. Uh, and like I said, it's, my life's never been the same. Colin P, uh, do you have fears now 
And how do you manage them? Uh, of course I have fears now, but I kind of, I want to piggyback off, to what I, off of what I just said that uh, the, the fear that I get now, which is totally normal, you have a fear every day. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I saw, um, a great speech, you should really check this out on YouTube, Jim Carrey. I think it was, it was, it was, it was a commencement speech. I don't know for what, what college, but he would talked a lot about fear, um, fear of fitting in. Uh, he had a great quote that said, you're wanting to blend in will make you disappear. And that's fear-based. And really at the end, by the end of the speech, he said that really life boils down to two choices. You could choose love or you can choose fear. That's it. Every decision that you make comes from those two places. Uh, and, and obviously that, that's, that's great to hear. It's good to break it down like that, but then also, okay, how do I not, how do I not have fear? Uh, how do I go through my fears? It's not about not having fear. It's about going through that fear and fighting through it. What techniques can you come up with? And for me, the fears that I have every single day, whether it be, okay, I want to sleep in an extra hour or, or I really don't want to meditate today or, or a lot, of call, a lot of people call that FOMO, fear of missing out of things, okay? The, where's the party at? Let's go. And, and okay, well, I'm going to stay home and get some sleep. I'm going to get some rest. You know, all these things that we have choices, uh, like Jim Carrey said, it's, it either comes, you're either going to choose love or you're going to choose fear. And who's to say who's right or wrong? That's up to you to decide. Uh, or, in, you know, for me, I like to, to go to the, the, the masters. That's why I read so many books, people talking about this subject. Uh, that's how you get acquainted with it. That's how you start learning on how to deal with your own fears, uh, I got a feeling that's why you're listening to me right now. I've been there, done that, and I'm going through it every single day, struggling with it. Do I always win? Hell no. Uh, but it's but it's it's something that I'm constantly accepting in my life, knowing that the fear is where I want to be. That's that's where life will teach you the biggest lessons. The bigger the fear, the bigger the lesson, the bigger the transformation it's going to be, no matter what what we're talking about. Um. And for me, daily, it's just the, the little small fears uh, that I have, you know, nothing to write home about. But, you know, like, like I said, getting up, uh, making sure you're staying on your routine, making sure you're making, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to make bad choices. Uh, right now with, with COVID, everything that's going around, you're afraid you're going to catch it. You're afraid a loved one's going to catch it. Um, what happens? Your, your fear, you're seeing the constantly the news. That's been a big thing for me lately is, just reading the news. And, and by the way, too much news consumption, this is just my opinion about this. Uh, turn it off. Don't listen to too much of it. And look at different outlets. Don't look at the same outlet. Try to look at, at smaller org, uh, news organizations because without, without having too much of an agenda, you know, some of the major news corps, they have an agenda, which is fine. I mean, it's a business and they're trying to sell you and, and get you hooked. And a lot of what hooks you is fear. And so you have to find a way to read between the lines, especially now more than ever, the world is dealing with this great fear right now. Uh, and that's probably the biggest thing that I'm afraid of is, is being consumed by that fear where it takes away from me living my fullest life uh, and not buying into the hype that this is it and this is over. You know, it's, it's, we got so much goodness to come out of this. As long as you scratch and claw and find a way to find the silver lining in all that's going on right now. So... Um, that's a long answer <laughs> to that question, uh, but it's a, it's a great question. 
Our next question is from Robbie W. Uh, what was the biggest lesson you learned from overcoming one of your fears? That I got what it takes. I got what it takes. I had a recent fear uh, being on television, making that transition. And by the way, that's a scary, scary place to be. I've told this story before too, but I was in Spain um, my third year in the NFL. I mean, I'm sorry, my third year after I got out of the NFL and I was working for CBS at the time. And I remember I was sitting there and I was in the middle of a, of a contract renegotiation with, uh, with CBS, which, which, I, which I loved, by the way. Um, I loved working there, uh, but something wasn't right uh, for many different reasons. Uh, something just wasn't working for me. And a lot of it had to do with just overcoming, you know, I was, first of all, I was, it, it was shot in New York and it was far away from my children and I didn't like being away from them that long. I was, I was away from them three days a week uh, but even when I was working, I just wasn't myself. I, was ne- I wasn't free. And anybody out there who's doing a job, you guys understand what I'm saying when I say you're not free. If it's not free flowing, if you're always feeling tight, if you're having the knots in your stomach because you can't just let go, and for whatever reason, I just couldn't let go. Uh, and that's my fault, not anybody else's fault. And I remember I was in, we're sitting in a, a, a little cafe in beautiful Spain, and it's just my wife and I, and she was asking me, oh, are you happy to get this negotiation done? Because we were pretty much done at that point. And I remember I said, yeah, yeah, we're pretty much done. And she goes, well, are you happy with the deal? And it was the first time I really asked myself, am I happy? And I started shaking. I started like, like literally shivering. Uh, and I started crying a little bit. You know, some, some tears started, my eyes started, started watering up. And I got this biggest fear. I felt like this anxiety attack come over me uh, because I was thinking to myself, man, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm not happy here. I'm away from my children for the most part. And I'm about to resign. I'm about to do it again because I'm afraid. And I was afraid that I wasn't going to be able to find a job. I was afraid that because these jobs are, first of all, hard to find. I mean, working at a major network on the, on, at a, as a desk job coming off the field is a, it just doesn't happen. But I was very fortunate to have it happen. And I was afraid that I would lose it all. I would disappoint people. I would disappoint my agent, disappoint my manager. Uh, and it scared me. And I, I, my, the wife, October, she was so great. And she was like, you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, she really helped me. And I had a process. This wasn't like other times in my life where it was okay this one instant I'm just all of a sudden going to be fearless now, and I'm going through it. I went through it for a while, uh, but I but I did what I thought was best at the time, and that's and this is this is me. I, I, I decided to go out there and start getting books <laughs> and reading books and and um, learning how to go through my fear, really researching how to get through my fear. And I think uh, um, that's the best thing that you can do. I mean, you can listen to me on how to get through your fears. And I'm going to give you the best advice that I possibly can, and hopefully it's good for you. But if it's not working for you, you keep researching it. You keep looking to people that have gone through similar situations. By the way, they're out there. Uh, you keep asking people. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask people. That's another thing. You can never, people want to help you. Believe it or not, people want to give you a, a lending hand. Email people. I remember I was reading this book called The Code of an Extraordinary Mind, written by Vishen Lakiani. And that book spoke to me 
at that time, when I was going through all this, that was the book that I was reading at the time. And I said, you know what? I'm going to email him. <laughs> I'm going to reach out. And I don't care if he doesn't get back. At least I'm going to try. Stop being afraid. Fear will stop you from, from experiencing your higher self. Fear, you'll be panicked. It'll paralyze you. Uh, and that's not a good place to be when you're tight. Uh, and that's the way I felt when I was actually doing this show. It's the way I felt when I was away from my children for such a long time. Uh, for 26 weeks, obviously I can do it for a little bit. Uh, we all have to make sacrifices, uh, but for for a whole, you know, for six months straight, I was doing that, and and that uh, it just didn't feel good. So uh, that was the the most one of the most recent times I had to go through my go through my fear, and and really it was about just letting go. That's what got me through it. I remember I said to myself, I called my agent up, and I called my manager up and said, Hey guys. I don't think this is going to work. They didn't believe me. <laughs> they, they thought I was crazy. You're, I remember they were saying, you're going to make, you know, uh, especially my agent at the time was saying, you're making a career decision uh, because these jobs don't come up. And you know how hard it's going to be to get another one? And my, my manager, uh, Constance Schwartz, she was like, I don't know if I agree with you, but we're going to get through it. Then we'll make it work, which was great to have that support. And it's good to have both sides of it. I don't, I don't get mad at my agent for saying, hey, this is a career decision. You're kind of making a mistake. You're doing what you have to do. You do people are going to give you their best advice. It doesn't mean it's the right, right advice either. Uh, but that's the beauty of, of asking uh, you know, some, some people that are close to you, not asking everybody, but ask the people that you respect their opinions uh, to give you advice. And then you decide which one makes the most sense for your situation. And then you go execute it. And that's what I did. I let go. I quit. I told CBS, thank you for everything, the opportunity, but I can't do this. I can't be afraid. And I think life rewards you when you go through your fear. I think life says, hey, good job. I'm proud of you. And when I say life, you can take that as God. You can take that as your higher self. If you're an atheist, you could take that at whatever it is. I just think whatever you believe, life rewards you when you go through your fears. That's what, I, that's what I mean by fears is part of our human experience. It's meant to show us the way. Every great achievement has been accomplished by someone who has gone through, through their fears, who has faced it, looked it right in the eye and said, you're not gonna beat me. And that's kind of what, what that whole ordeal taught me. Uh, and, and it's not always easy. Like I said, it's never really instantaneous. It's very rarely instantaneous that, oh, I'm just going to go through that fear. That's usually when something tragic happens. I've talked about that before, you know, a death in the family or something great happens, like, like, like uh, the birth of a child or getting married. Usually those situations can, can have spontaneous change where, you know, I went in this person and came out uh, 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 this person in a matter of hours, <laughs> Or, or days, but for the most part, the rest of us, we gotta go through it. You gotta go through the fire. And the bigger the flames, the bigger the chaos, I believe the bigger the rebound's gonna be. And so when you're going through a terrible situation, like we're going through right now, I really do believe that goodness is going to come out of this. It's gonna be better than what we had before this whole crisis throughout the world. It's forced us to look into the mirror and ask ourselves some tough questions. And there's gonna be, a lot of different takes on it, but I do believe that most of it is going to be positive. We're going to choose love. We're not going to choose fear. We're going to choose engagement. We're going to choose camaraderie. We're going to choose cooperation of when we come out. It's not everybody. 
But I think majority of us are going to choose that. We're going to look at the silver lining and see that, wow, I got to connect with my family throughout this whole ordeal. Uh, even though I was afraid, I had that fear in my stomach the whole time. And I'm no different. I've had that, that feeling. But every day, I, I, as soon as that comes up, I tell myself, here's where you want to be, Tony. Get out of that thought process because I know where that goes. It leads to nothing. Get out of that process. And I concentrate on the good. I concentrate on what's going to bring me joy, what's going to bring me peace. That's a choice. And that's how you get through fear. And that's what fear forces you. It kinda, it's kind of like the, the, uh, when you're bowling and, you know, the little, I, tell you, I have kids, so we take them bowling. And, you know, you can put up the little, the little bumpers so you can stay on track. That's what fear is. It's like those little bumpers. You're not going to go in the gutter. You're not going to roll a gutter ball. You might hit the sides but you're safe, you're protected as long as you go through your fear. The only way you will go into the gutter is if, is if you let fear overtake you. you. You give up. And there's a lot of ways to do that. It's, it's part of that, that surrendering that I talk about, that letting go, knowing, that trusting that you are right, right where you're supposed to be. And life's given you the biggest lesson right now and you're grateful for it. And can I have some more of it? <laughs> That's where you get to the point. Uh, that's a beautiful place to be. All right, next question comes from Kyle M. While you're on the field, did you ever have a moment of fear or dread overcome you while you're in the middle of an important play or time? How did you recognize and push past it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the stuff that I'm talking about right now, a lot of it is self-talk. You know, you're, you, how you talk to yourself in the moment of, when fear comes up, with the inevitable fear that's going to come up, how you talk to yourself is really important. And not just talking to yourself saying, I think I can, I think I can. I mean really talking to yourself where you believe the words that are coming in to your subconscious mind, the words that you're formulating in your head. And I do this all on the field. We all do this. I know this is what Tom Brady does. I know this is what Michael Jordan did when he played, Kobe Bryant did when he played, um, any great musician uh, you, you see them preparing for a show, whether it's Jay-Z, Beyonce, I don't care who it is, uh, U2, Bono, all of it is when you get those times of nervousness, it's what we'll call it, uh, which is a fear-based emotion, which is a good thing, by the way, because I believe that helps you move faster, that helps you perform better, that anxiety that pops up. And there's ways to talk to yourself. There's a, a great way that says, I say, tell yourself when you feel that anxiety, say, say to yourself, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Three times. And turn that nervous energy into excitement about the moment, the moment at hand that is a gift because now the opportunity for greatness is here. All those hours that you have trained, if you put in the right effort, you've heard the saying that uh, preparation meets opportunity. That's what luck is. That's what going through fear is. <laughs> preparation. Preparation. If you have prepared and you have loved and had passion for what you're doing, when the moment arises, you will be ready. You will be ready. I have no doubt. And so I remember uh, we were playing against the Seattle Seahawks, year, year 16 for me. And I've had these situations a lot. Uh, I've scored touchdowns. To, to help seal the game, come up with key catches on third down, uh, fourth down, caught, caught balls on fourth down. It's happened a lot for me. I, in basketball, I've hit game-winning shots. So I've gone through this before, but the stakes were never any higher for me than we're playing against the Seattle Seahawks in the, in the, uh, in, uh, the second round of the play. We had the bye. They had won their first play on, playoff. 
This is back when Russell Wilson and the Legion of Boom was just getting started. Uh, they made the playoffs that year, I think it's a wild card, and they beat the first team, and then they came to us, and we were up 20 to nothing at halftime, and they came out the second half, and this is Seattle. By the way, they went on the next year to win the Super Bowl. They had that team already in, in, in place, and I remember going, wow, this team is really good, uh, especially in that second half. At first, I was like, oh, they're not even that good, 20 to nothing, and then they came out and, and put it on us, and they took the lead with 31 seconds left, and my dreams were crushed at this point. I was down. I was, I, all these thoughts were, were swirling in my mind. With 31 seconds, we're going to get the ball. We got to make a play. I, th I think we had one timeout left. 31 seconds. We're down by two points or one point, whatever. I think we're down by one or two points. And they kick the ball. We get the ball on the 20-yard line. And basically, we have two plays. So we throw the ball to Harry Douglas. He catches the ball, runs out of bounds. Uh, and, we, and it was like a 20-yard gain. We get the ball on the 40-yard, our 40-yard line. And so we have one play uh, because they're, they're covering the sideline. And now there's only about, you know, that one play took about whatever, 10, 11, 12 seconds, whatever it is. And so we got around 18 seconds left. So basically, we're going to get one play because they said the average play lasts about 16 seconds or whatever it is, and we're not going to have enough time. And so they call my number in the huddle. And so put yourself in my situation or any player's situation. Anytime the game is on the line, you want to be called, at least for me. I want them to call my name. I was happy they called my name. But there is that, that moment of, of doubts that can come up when you're in those situations. You can say to yourself, oh, God, <laughs> they called my number. And you have this belief in yourself, of course you do. But there is always going to be that little bit of, of doubt, like, okay, what if? But immediately when that comes up, it doesn't last long. It lasts a nanosecond. Like, like you, you, you push those feelings away and you say, I got this. And you say to yourself, I'm going to do this. And you start taking deep, slow breaths as you realize the moment is at hand, that I'll never have this moment again. I remember thinking that like, this is it. And I'm going to make this play. And I remember it was called wide middle. I ran down the middle, sold the route really well, put on the brakes. They threw me the ball. I caught it, turned up field, put both hands around it. Cause you don't want to fumble the ball either in that situation. And I was able to make the play. And, uh, and then our kicker came on and finished off the job. Uh, Matt Bryant, one of the greatest kickers ever. And, uh, and we won the game, and we went to the next round against the San Francisco uh, 49ers in the NFC Championship game. So uh, that was how I got through it. I remember it was slow your breathing down. There's a thing called box breathing where you can take five seconds in, hold it for five seconds, breathe out for five seconds, and keep repeating that pattern. A lot of uh, military does this. Uh, before they go on missions, and it really does work. That calms your 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 uh, your brain down. You send uh, the feeling of I'm comfortable now. Because when we get scared, your breathing goes up, your temperature starts to rise, and when that happens, that's not where you want to be. That's not where greatness is. Where greatness is is in that calm, tranquil feeling. That's that's where you you can absorb the moment at its best and be fully, fully present. Uh, you see great quarterbacks. You see, I, I love using Tom Brady as an example. When he's in that pocket at the end of a game, 
does he look frazzled? Does he look like he's not in control? At the end of the game, when, when, when Kobe had the ball or when Michael Jordan had the ball, were they, did you see a look in their eyes of any fear? Absolutely not. It was fearlessness. It was calm. It was, I got this. And that's what you have to tell yourself in those situations. Take a deep breath. Just keep breathing slowly. And it takes time to get good at this. And it probably ain't going to happen the first time. Mastery takes a while. But mastery over your fear, that's something that you should, that's going to, you're going to have to have that for the rest of your life until the second before the last bit of air comes out of your mouth. You're going to have to have that feeling of calmness. You don't want to be frazzled. That doesn't, that doesn't work. And I think everybody out there who's listening, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. The best times you've ever handled a situation, I'm sure, is when you were calm, cool, and collected. You want to be stealth. You want to be Iceman. You want to be uh, uh, in control of the moment, in control of your greatness, uh, ready to rock. Uh, and that's, that's how I felt at the end of the game. That's how I felt uh, majority of my career, honestly, in those situations. Anytime the game was on the line, the stakes were never quite as high as that Seattle game. But... I mean, playing on a Monday night football game or a Sunday night football game when everybody's watching, uh, that's, when, that's when the stars come out and the ones that can make it happen are the ones that are calm and collected. And first of all, they put in the work. A lot of that will help out with fear too. All right, next question, next question comes from Papa Vane. Two questions, actually, part A and part B. Part A is, how did you turn fear into a weapon uh, to make you sharper? Uh, I've been talking about it, so I don't want to get too long-winded here. Uh, it's, it's, it's something I studied. You study the greats, you see what has worked for them, and you apply that to yourself, and then you put your own spin on it. Put your DNA on that thing. L- learn... Okay, you learn from a bunch of different masters. And for me, I'm going to study Michael Jordan. I'm going to study Jerry Rice, Barry Sanders. I'm going to study Vince Lombardi. I'm going to study Phil Jackson, Lou Holtz. I'm going to study great executives. I'm going to study Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins. I'm going to listen to all these different people and understand how they got through their fears and what they told themselves and how they were able to prepare in those situations. And then I'm going to apply it to myself. And then I'm going to come up with my own style. Because you can't be like everybody else. You don't want to be like everybody else. Everybody else is taken. And so that's what I've been able to do to really help uh, overcome my fears. Part B, uh, when you are amongst the elite, it's easy to let yourself slip and start doubting yourself in comparison to your peers. The fear of being not enough can be paralyzing. How'd you fight it? Well, it happens all the time. (laughs) When you're around amongst the elite, as you keep leveling up, the competition is going to keep leveling up. You're going to start going against the other maths, other masters. And that's what professional football is all about. And since I've gotten done playing there uh, at television, that's what it's about. I'm fortunate enough to work with the world's best, uh, in my opinion. I'm sure it's a little biased, but I think it's been no doubt. They've been number one for the last 25, 30, whatever it is. Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, Michael Strahan, and Coach Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Minifee hosting it. Uh, the whole Fox Sports uh, team is, is elite. They're the best in the business and for a reason. And so when I get on the show with those guys, it's like you got to bring your A game. You got you to bring it all. And it's, it is a performance. It's, a, it's, it's just like anything else in life. You got to be prepared. You got to be comfortable. You got to let loose. You can't, can't be afraid. When that fear comes, you got to let it go and be in the moment. And that's probably one of the biggest things I could say is, is, be present. Stop comparing yourself. 
Comparison is the thief of joy. And when you can get out of that thought of saying, okay, well, look how well they did it. Look how well she did it. Look how well he did it. And, oh, they're so much better than me. That, if, if you're stuck in that thought process, you are not living life. That's not fun. Whether you have success or not, it's not fun. That's where I used to be. What's fun is letting go and letting loose and stop caring about what anybody thinks. That has been a big tool for me and, and something that, that really that was my problem is my biggest fear was that I was going to look stupid, especially when it came to TV and really in, in football a little bit. But really in television, it's, it's, you don't want to look stupid. That, at least for me, you don't want to look like you don't know what you're talking about. Or, or even if you do know what you're talking about, you, don't, you want to make sure it's entertaining and that it's, that it's fun for the listener. Uh, but you have to get over that. You can't think about what you said. You can't think about what you're going to say. You have to be absolutely present in the moment. It's the same thing with sports. You have to be in the moment. It's the same thing with business. Not that I'm a big businessman, but I'm sure it is, at least from the, the biographies that I've read of great businessmen and women. You have to be absolutely present. And to be present means that you have to be fearless because you can't worry about the outcome. Really, you can't. You have to surrender to the outcome and trust that you got what it takes. And one of the biggest things that you can do, something that I did, is I, constantly remind yourself of your greatness. And I, I, I talk about that in the meditation uh, episode I did, the last one we did on, um, actually it was the, the first one we did on Wide Open, uh, these, these solo episodes. I talked about meditation. And a big part of my meditation is convincing myself, <laughs> telling my subconscious that I got what it takes and that I, I can overcome anything that's coming my way. And I will, I will. Will is a strong thing. I will it to you, you know? I will be the greatest version of myself no matter what. And I won't let fear paralyze me. And that's part of, I will stay present. I, I do that. I tell myself it's that self-talk that is one of the most important things you can do for yourself. And you have to believe it. You have to find a way to believe what you're telling yourself. And that takes time. The more you tell yourself, it's repetition. It's the reason that, that I will get, you know, three to 400 catches a day at practice. So first of all, that helps me muscle memory but it helps give me the confidence. And when I do tell myself that I got what it takes, I know that I've put in the work. I know it isn't just false chatter. That's a big thing you hear coaches say, false chatter. That means stop talking shit. Stop, stop saying, forget positive positivity. I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not into, there's a difference there. It's not, I think I can, I think I can. It is, I got this, but believe in it from a place of belief. And that starts deep with inside uh, and that's part of like closing your eyes and telling yourself you got what it takes is constantly being surrounded by greatness. That's why you read from good books. That's why you hang out with people that are positive, people that are uplifting. That's why you hang out with people that are going through their fears. Fear is contagious. And we obviously everybody knows what's going on now. You watch the news and you watch people being afraid all day. I'm not saying don't check in and, and be informed, but don't be consumed by it all day. If you're, a, if you're on social media, you think I'm really going to be reading, just focused on the negative reviews of something or people don't like what I'm saying or whatever. I mean, you can't live in that, that, that area. That, that's not where you want to be. Uh, I remember writing up on my, my mirror uh, in my bathroom, you are enough, Marissa Peer. 
who is outstanding, I actually had her on, on one of the episodes of Wide Open, you are enough is such a powerful phrase that she talks about. It changes people's lives. It will change, uh, it changes you physiologically. <laughs> Just really believing is kind of the placebo effect that Joe Dispenza talks about, that if you believe what you're saying, negative or positive, you're going to be right. You're going to be right. Confucius says that, right? He who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. And so you better be careful how you talk to yourself and what you surround yourself with and what you consume, especially nowadays. Next question is from Carly. Uh, how do you overcome fear, the fear of someone close to you being sick? Obviously, that is absolutely prevalent to what's going on right now. Everybody's scared. My mother, she's 73, going to be 74 here pretty soon. She actually went to the emergency room uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, nothing that had to do with COVID, but some other issues. Uh, where, but she's fine. She's fine. But obviously getting that news, you get scared. And so all of us are going through that right now. Loved ones, especially our, our elders, people in our family that are older or people with compromised immune systems, we're, we're afraid that they would get it and get sick. And obviously, you know, worst, worst case scenario is that they pass on. And, and uh, I believe it's always a choice. And, and this is just my perspective on this. I, I let go. That's the way I, I deal with that. Meaning that you, you control what you can and you let go of what you can't control, things outside of your control, you can't worry about that. Uh, at least I don't. I don't worry about that because I know that there, that's no use. Um, and even if something bad happened, I know that, that I can, I can con control my attitude. And I'll deal with the worst case, you know, if it happens. And, but, if it, but for the most part, it's always chasing ghosts. That's what we call in football. You're chasing ghosts, something that, that isn't there. It doesn't make sense to, to, to worry about something that hasn't even happened yet. When you worry, you're counting on the worst to happen. That's the root word of it. And so don't worry, right? Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy. You deal with stuff as it comes up. If something does happen to someone that I love, then I'll deal with it then. But in the meantime, I'm going to be stuck in... in, in in my truth of knowing that everything's going to be okay and that no matter what happens, I'll be able to, to do what's necessary to help the situation to its best. And, and um, a lot of people are afraid of, of, of death. I remember I was, whew, I used to be paralyzed of death and as hard as it is to do, I would tell everybody out there to get over that. I think accepting personally for yourself, at least for me, this has really helped me, is accepting that I will pass on one day and that that's part of life. And of course, this, the, the story that I'm going to tell myself is that it's something beautiful in the afterlife. It's something great. Uh, and I, obviously, there's a lot of people out there with religious beliefs and you can believe it or at the very least, if it is nothing, <laughs> then there's not, I don't believe that. But if it is nothing, then, and then it's over anyway. I won't even have any feelings. So I'm not afraid of that. And that has really helped me a lot in overcoming fears is not being afraid. Uh, I've had close, I've had relatives die. My, my dad died. My stepdad uh, passed away. I was very close to. 
um, in my shoot just before my 16th year in the season. I've dealt with one of my best friends that I played football with, Nate Hopgood Chittick. He passed away. And, you know, the, these obviously the, the grief that comes along with that. But, and, and it's okay, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to, to, to mourn. But for me, you can't be afraid of that. I mean, we, we drive in cars every day. How many people die in car accidents every day? And, but we still get in our cars. I mean, th- there's situations, people, we fly, there's, we get in elevators, we get, <laughs> you never know, earthquakes, anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can step outside and yes, every day that you wake up, this could be your last day on earth, or it could be the last time you speak to somebody else because maybe something tragic happens to them, but that's part of life. And that's, but for me, you flip that story. You flip it and say, because of that, because I have accepted my mortality, I am going to live life open. I'm going to live it with my heart wide open. I'm going to live it fearlessly. I'm going to live it graciously. I'm going to live it with great forgiveness. I'm not going to hold on to grudges. I'm not going to be afraid that, that if I don't forgive somebody or if I do forgive somebody, that it's going to make me look weak. I'm not going to be afraid of that little stuff anymore because I've accepted my mortality. And knowing that this could be the last day that I speak to somebody, uh, whether I pass on or they pass on, I'm, not, I'm going to take advantage of that as a positive thing, knowing that I can say I love you, knowing that I can say I care about you, knowing that I need to perform and not be afraid because this could be my last day. So what have I got to lose? And if this was my last day, I'm going to make it the best day possible. Uh, that's kind of what the Stoics do. I think it's momente mori. Momente mori, I think is what it's called. Their belief system that sees this day. And yes, you could die. But that's a beautiful thing. That's not a bad thing. And that's the way I look at it with my mother, um, which I know there's going to be a day. One day, she's not going to be here anymore. She's going to pass on. Go to the next level, what I call it. Now she's truly going to level up. That's what I feel when people pass on. As I tell myself, they just leveled up. They're where we're all going to go. People talk about you're saving somebody's life. Uh, and that's great to, people, to save somebody's life. Uh, but really, and this isn't a negative thing, you just postponed the inevitable. And you, and you got them a couple extra years, which is beautiful, to live life, to enjoy life. Um. But that's the way I choose to look at it um, with the people that I love, the, with myself, you know, the, the fear of, of, of me catching COVID and going down with it. You have, to, you have to really look at it as that's another reason to, to be fearless, to be the best version of yourself. Don't wait for it. Seize the moment. This, the, the time is now. Question from Sylvia. She asked, what are your favorite books about battling fear? Um, well, I just, I think I, there, there's so many books out there. You could just type it in, go on YouTube, type in overcoming your fear, see great speeches from people. Will Smith, who I love, has great examples of overcoming fear. Um, like I said, Jim Carrey, uh, the, 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 I think the subtle art of not giving a shit or fuck or whatever it is. <laughs> I read the book, a great book. I think that's kind of like dealing with your fear, really not caring anymore. That's really a, a, a sign of being fearless. 
Uh, of course, all this is doing it from a moral standpoint, uh, from a humble standpoint. A lot of people think being fearless is just saying, well, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want, and I don't care. Uh, no, nah, I don't think so. I think that's irresponsible. I think uh, learning to be fearless should be based in high morals, should be based in communi- uh, community, uh, compassion, forgiveness, being fearless to do it that way. Uh, that's, that's a big part of it. So, uh, but yeah, there's plenty, plenty of books out there. Just type in your best, uh, type it in into your Google search. Look on Amazon for great books. Uh, Joe Dispenza has got a great one. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, shoot, Tony Robbins, uh, The Code of an Extraordinary Mind. All of that is all designed around, you know, being fearless. Read, a, re, listen to Wide Open the podcast, uh, certain guests that I've had on there that we talk a lot about going through your fear. And the reason they're, I'm sitting down talking to them is because they have overcome their fear. You have to read between the lines when you're listening to people's stories, whether they're in your own family. People have, you know, a lot of us are, as Americans, have uh, grandparents that came over here, great grandparents that came here from a different country. Ask the, the elders in your family, how did they deal with that? I mean, my, my grandmother's from Jamaica. My grandfather um, came over from Argentina uh, by way of Portugal in Cape Verde. Uh, it's talk about that. That's called being fearless. Could you imagine going to a different country and having to start over and make your way? I mean, there's there's extraordinary stories. It just doesn't have to be books on fear on 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 overcoming your fear. Which, by the way, obviously there is a lot of good ones out there. But just read a biography. Every biography out there written, every single one of them is a story of someone overcoming their fear, overcoming, getting laughed at, getting, you know, saying, yeah, your idea is crazy. How, who are you to think that you could do something like this? And people get stymied by that fear of somebody just telling them they're not good enough <laughs> and they buy it and then they, they, they sabotage themselves. Great biographies are filled with people telling them they People told them that they couldn't do something. Fighting that fear. Uh, that's why I love biographies. They're stories of overcoming fear. So it comes in all shapes and sizes, lessons on how to get through it. Just make sure you're listening to the little details of what they did. And if it speaks to you, incorporate that into your life. Make it a part of your routine. And how do you do that? Write it. Write it down. Look at it every day. Write how you're going to talk to yourself, to your subconscious. Next question comes from Angelina M. How do you make an important decision when you're afraid the wrong decision can ruin your life? That's a great question. I've kind of already addressed that. So real quick, it is, it is make the decision, gather as much information as you can, study from the greats, ask the people closest to you, people that you respect their opinions, people that are going to give you the truth, not tell you what you want to hear, make the decision and then roll with it. Let go. My biggest advice is just to let it go. Stay present uh, and, and let it go. Know that whatever outcome happens because of your decision, it was meant to be. And some people can say, oh, well, that's, that's I don't know. Some people might not like that way of, of thinking. But I do believe that. I believe if you, you have a choice, you can, say it's a, uh, you can say, well, I made a mistake and it ruined everything. Or you can say, well, that wasn't the right answer. I didn't get it right, but... I learned in the process, and now I'm going to get it right this time. Um, and 
that could be one of those situations where, and I know sometimes the stakes are high. It could be like, like when I, I, I really do believe that life will, will reward you for going through your fears. And it might not be in the time frame that you want it. A lot of the times it's not. People, and that's another thing. People just give up because it didn't work out and they think they made a bad decision, not knowing that that was just a stepping stone for the real reward, the real payoff that's coming down the pike. It's coming up or coming up the pike, down the pike. <laughs> uh, it's going to be there for you if you could just stay and sit in it, just sit in it. Uh, and like I said, I believe the bigger the fire, the bigger the outcome's going to be, the bigger the payoff's going to be. And so let's say back when I left... Um, when I decided that, that I was going to go a different direction from CBS, um, that there was no jobs out there and people always, I mean, if you follow me, you know, that, that a job did open up at Fox just so happened to open up. Uh, I think it was, a, you know, it was peanut Tillman was doing the show and he, uh, decided to go be an FBI officer. And I think he is, he's gone on <laughs> good for him. I'm sure he had fear making that. Should I stay at this TV job or should I go really go after my dream and go be an FBI officer? I, you know what? I should get him on uh, wide open um, soon, as soon as this whole thing clears up. But that opens up. He goes and fulfills his dream. That opens up for me, and I'm able to slide right into that spot, and I, it would have never happened if I decided to stay. Uh, and so, yeah, when the stakes are high, yeah, I thought maybe, what if I'm making the wrong decision? It could hurt me financially. It could hurt me uh, career-wise. But you just got to go for it. You just got to go for it. And you'll feel it in your heart. And you'll feel it in your gut. You'll know that this is this, the decision. Not that I want to make. It's the decision that I have to make. It, it's the one that I, that I feel I, I'm drawn to it. And a lot of that is reflection. And I don't know. Some people like snap decisions. Um, there's, there, I think Malcolm Gladwell has a, a great book on that. Uh, I, think it's, I, don't know, I think it's called Snap Decision. I can't remember the exact name of the book. But you, you make a decision and, and sometimes you can think it out. You can sit with it, weigh the pros and cons, or you can just get that gut feeling and go with it. Whatever your process is, my process is I do a little bit of both. I kind of sit with it. I want to make sure I'm making the right decision. But if I do feel that gut, sometimes my gut will speak to me and say, go for it. And you learn how to trust your gut. You learn how to go for it. Is it always the right decision? No. And, but, that, but who's to say? I think if you switch the, 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 the language in your mind that, hey, this is the right way, uh, meaning that, that it was meant to be no matter what I end up choosing, and now it's an opportunity for growth, how fun is that? Life has been really, really fun for me because of that, that thought process that, hey, Every decision, I don't care what it, what it says on the outside, people looking in going, wow, that was a silly choice. You know, wh whether it's an outfit that you wear or, or a dance that you do, uh, I'm giving silly, a little, a little smaller examples, but no matter what you decide to do, you want to take the, the risk is what I'm saying. You, you, for, for the younger people out there, you might ask, want to ask that person out on a date. They might say no. They might say, no, who cares? Go for it anyway. Go for it anyway. There's a, I'm going to give a great surfing analogy. Uh, I grew up in Huntington Beach, so I, I tried to surf a little bit. And, uh, you know, anybody who's out there familiar with waves, you know, they come in sets. 
And so you're out there waiting and waiting and waiting for something to come. Sometimes you'd be sitting there you, you, you waiting for a while. And then all of a sudden the wave, the waves start coming. Okay. And you see them on the horizon you start paddling, you get in position, you do everything, you prepare yourself to catch this wave and the wave comes and you start paddling to get on that wave. And a lot of the times the wave will roll out from underneath you and you end up not catching it. And usually it's that perfect wave. You see it and you didn't catch it and you're pissed off a little bit, but then you turn around and you see the next wave coming. And now this wave is actually the perfect wave and you catch this one this time and you have the ride of your life. It's how it worked out. It works out like that a lot. And you can't second guess. Let's say you get on that second wave and you have a great time, but the, the dangerous thought is going, man, well, what about that first wave? If I would have caught that one, I know it would have been better. Don't think that way. You are on the one that you were supposed to be on. That's how you always got to look at it. Everything that's happening to you is happening for a reason. And life is poking you and life is giving you the, the right way to go. It'll never let you down if you have that thought process that, hey, it's all happening for me, not against me not to me. And that's a choice. That's a choice that you get to make daily, hourly, by the second, that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm in my passion. You find your passion. You find where you're, what you love to do, and you ride it out. And there's going to be good times and bad times, but I'm, I, I hate putting that, that language on it, good times and bad times. I think, and it doesn't mean you don't feel sadness uh, or feel the fear that comes with making a decision, Let, let's say it didn't work out for you, uh, but you wear it, you let it crash over you, and then you get back in the game, and you get back out there, and you start kicking ass again, and good things will happen. You just stay in the game. That's the biggest thing, is fight through the fear and stay in the game, and good things will happen. One of the times where I was most afraid... <laughs> <laughs> from a from a football standpoint was when I went from high school to college football uh, more so than when I went from college to pro football believe it or not it was that jump from from high school to college that you know being the position I think it had to do with the position if you're a, a receiver or a, a corner you know nothing against those positions it's nothing like the physicality that you go from being like an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman, linebacker, running back. I mean, the physicality of an extra three or four years has on you, you know, from an 18-year-old to a 21-year-old is huge, <laughs> huge. Especially back when I was in high school, we didn't have programs like they have now where everybody's working out and getting all big and strong. It was, it was you know, we had universal machines, meaning it was like uh, you get on a, a little Nordic track or whatever, <laughs> Uh, now the, the weightlifting routine is way different. And I know that because of my, my, my son just finished high school football, but I never really lifted when I was in high school to tell you the truth. And so when I got to college, I remember looking at all the, the men in there now going, Whoa, these guys are cock diesel, just animals, which I would later become because I was eating weights every single day, the whole weight room program. So anyways, I remember seeing these guys in the weight room, lifting with them all summer. And then we go to uh, camp finally, and the first day of pads comes on, and I remember this guy named Andy Jacobson was this big monster of a defensive end that I have to block the whole time and, you know, the whole first 10 days of camp before you play against another team. You're just going against yourself. You're going against your own teammates. And Andy would just kick the shit out of me. He was around six foot four, 
265, 70 pounds of just muscle and, and just crazy, crazy guy. You know, the guy in the weight room yelling as he's throwing up 450 pounds on the bench press and squatting 600 pounds, you know, and I'm at my little bench press was maybe at the time 285 or something, something, maybe even less than that, honestly. Um, and it, it would just crush. I'm being so scared, so scared every day going out there. Anytime I had to block this guy and it paralyzed me, it, it, it even, and I know I could have blocked him better. Uh, I feel like right now I've been out of the league for five, six years. I bet I can go block a defensive end in the NFL. And it's because it's all technique and belief. That's a lot of what blocking is. It's just knowing, just wanting it more than the other guy and believing in yourself that you can do it. Um, and so I had to overcome that fear. And it took a while. I ain't going to lie. That took me two years <laughs> to overcome that fear of, of knowing that I could do it. And that, that's what it is. Fear Sometimes just lack of belief, fear of, of the belief in yourself that you can't do it. Um, and so that was one of my biggest lessons as far as football goes, more so than, than what it was in the NFL. Another time, a couple of years ago, we did a show during the middle of this football season from base out there in Virginia. And I had a chance to, to go with the Golden Knights. Shout out to the Golden Knights. They were great. And Golden Knights, you know, they do parachute, parachute jumping. And I remember I've always wanted to jump out of a plane, always. And I've always said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, you, you know, that tough talk, you know, when you're sitting around the table having a couple of drinks with the, with the fellas, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of a plane eventually. I'm going to do it. And I remember uh, Fox goes, hey, uh, does anybody want to do this? And, you know, we record it. We'll put it on, on, on TV and all that stuff. And I remember I said no at first. I was like, nah, I'm cool. And then I remember I said, you, Tony, you, you hypocrite. You better practice what you preach. <laughs> and I called him up and said, okay, I'm in. I'm going to do it. And so I did it. And I remember going up in the plane. They give you all the briefing. And you're going up in that little plane. Anybody who's ever uh, jumped out of a plane parachuted, you, you know what I'm talking about. You're going up and up. You're doing these zigzags to get up to the proper altitude. And we got up to, I don't know how high we were, 13,000 feet, 10,000, whatever it was. And I was the first one up. And I remember going to the edge of that plane, looking over and saying to myself, holy shit. <laughs> when they opened it up and you feel the wind come through the plane, my heart started pounding. And I remember going, what the hell am I thinking? I'm stupid for doing this. Um, and I said to myself, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and, and so anyways, I did it. I remember he said, one, two, three, we rock back and forth. I fall out. And I remember the first initial fear was, w w oh, it sucked. I didn't like it. Uh, and, and I was talking myself through it the whole time saying, I got this and doing the box breathing like I talked about. And, you know, that five seconds in, five second hold, five second as you breathe out, you keep repeating that, calming yourself down. And, and it was good and it worked. It calmed me down. But, you know, that initial first jump off, which is usually the hardest part, it's usually that fear only lasts for about two, three seconds of fear. And then the joy kicks in and then how proud you are of yourself. And I remember I felt so good about myself. Uh, and it really was one of the best experiences of my life, floating like Superman, pretending that you're Superman. Um, and by the way, you guys can go see this. I think I bet it's online when I jumped out of the plane with the Golden Knights. 
but it was it was one of the most transformative experiences in my life because I once I got down to the ground, I remember saying to myself, "Man, you did it! You can do anything!" And that's what it is. The more time you and I created this opportunity of to go through my fear, and I encourage people out there and create an opportunity to go through your fear. You don't have to wait for it. A lot of that means when I say create, and it can be little things. If you're for me, sometimes when I'm sitting in the elevator, you know that unawkward, um, that awkward silence that you have when you're in an elevator with somebody you don't know and somebody's sitting there, just say hello. Say, hey, how you doing? Or when the mailman comes, hey, how you doing? Just stuff that where you would normally, at least for me, <laughs> normally uh, I, I, I wouldn't say anything. And, and really I'm not saying anything because I want to be a jerk or I'm antisocial. It's not that. I just feel like, oh, what am I, who am I to say? I don't want to embarrass. What if this guy doesn't like me? What if they don't feel like talking? It's like, who cares? Just say hello. And, you know, and then you build off of that. You, you, start, to, you start to have this fearless mentality uh, and coming from a good place, you know, coming from a place of morals. And I always talk about that uh, place of humility, place of, of community, togetherness, cooperation. That's where you should base your, your fearlessness. But you, you got to create those situations for yourself. It's a, it's a muscle. Fearlessness is a muscle. It's a way to, 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 to help yourself level up in any situation. And you start to get used to that feeling. And then you start to crave that feeling. And not that I'm, you know, these adrenaline junkies. Sometimes I'm always like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? You know, one thing that, that I would love to do, but I will not ever do it, um, is to jump out in one of those, those little squirrel suits, you know, whatever it is, the flying squirrel suits. And because that looks like now you're really flying. You have a parachute on, but you go up to these high, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. It's incredibly dangerous. I think the, the, the death rate is, is high. Of people that do this. And I remember asking myself, going, what the hell? What, why would anybody ever want to do that? You know? And I, but I do get it. It's like, once you do something like that, you can't ever, you can't ever replace that adrenaline rush that it gives you, the accomplishment. When you get on the ground, you are on cloud nine. It's, it's, it's got to be the best feeling ever. Uh, and I feel like you can get that by some people's, that's that their public speaking is that fear, except, you, you know, you're not going to die of public speaking. But a lot of people have trouble with public speaking because they can't relax and enjoy it. And it takes a time. I ain't going to lie to you. From somebody who does a lot of public speaking, you, you got to probably go up there and bomb a little bit. It's like being a great comedian. Talk about being afraid. Could you imagine ever going up there and like, okay, you got 10 minutes, make everybody laugh hysterically. <laughs> uh, and they say, what, it takes 10 years to, to be able to, to come up with good, a good 10, 10 minutes of material? Um, Talk about getting booed and ridiculed. Uh, but what a great feeling, though, when you finally get through it. No matter what you accomplish in life, the feeling that you get by going through your fears, it's, it's, just, it's just spectacular. Um, and usually, I, that's why I encourage everybody, make sure you create that space to go get scared. <laughs> You know, guys, I'll tell you what, I love talking about this subject. As you can hear, I'm, I'm sorry, it might have, might have been longer, a longer episode than usual, but I love this subject because I really do believe that this is probably, this, this to me is the most important thing you can learn to do in life is to, to really tackle your fears, identify your fears, see what, what, what makes you afraid and go through it. I, I've, it's my saying, Life takes off on the other side of fear. I tell my children that all the time. They get tired of hearing it. But I do believe that that's the key. Your, your relationship with your fear 
is going to determine your success in life. And I'm not just talking money or fame or, 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 you know, some type of achievement in that realm. I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually living life because you can have all that success. You can have the money and the cars and the fame and all that stuff. It's not going to bring you happiness. And if you're afraid while you're doing it, it's not fun. It's not going to be fun. I don't care how much success you have. You need to be able to live life. And living life is being recognizing what makes you afraid and going towards that. Working, working on your weaknesses. You know, the, the true joy in life for me has come when, when things haven't gone my way, when I've had to fight. Just that feeling of knowing that I was in a rut and that I was feeling sorry for myself and coming out of it and getting through it, that's, that's the beauty. That, that's, that's where you want to be. That's where the joy comes in. That's where true joy comes in. It's, it's knowing that nobody gave you a chance or people counted you out and you were afraid that you were looking foolish and you were afraid that, that you didn't have what it takes, but you fought through it and you did it and it worked out for you. Gosh, that's, that's where life is. That's, that's living life to the fullest. And the people that go through life, and there's a lot of them out there, and I feel bad for those people, the people that let fear run their life, their whole life. They're afraid. Uh, and I'm not making fun of anybody. I'm not calling anybody out. But if, when you're afraid of things, when you're afraid to, to ask for a promotion, when you're afraid to, to get on a plane, when you're afraid, that means you have to, a, a fear of what? They say it's a fear of death. When you're afraid uh, to ask somebody out, it's your fear of rejection. When you're afraid to ask for that raise, a fear of rejection. When you're afraid to stay home because you're going to miss out on the party, that, that fear of missing out, the FOMO, the fear comes in all shape and, shapes and sizes. But the one who has a great life, a life well spent, is the one that can go through that, that stage fright, that giving speeches. I used to be afraid to do public speaking uh, when I first got in the NFL. I remember, you know, once you get to the NFL, you're a professional athlete now. People want to hear from you. They want to they want to know what, what, what gets you going. And I remember I, my rookie year, I got hired to, to go do a, a five-minute speech on greatness. And you talk about an absolute bomb. Just up there fumbling over my words. Uh, just, uh, first of all, I wasn't prepared. That's another thing. A lesson I learned from that is be prepared. Uh, thinking that you can just go up there and wing it, that causes a lot of fear. I don't believe in winging it unless you've had the experience for a long time. Now, if you've been doing speeches for five, six, seven, eight years, and now you got the hang of it, yeah, you can go up there and wing it. You can go have a good time. But in the beginning, to go up to, some, to do something without being prepared, that's going to cause you fear. Be prepared. Um, but getting back to the point that the people out there that, that will be paralyzed by fear their whole life and will never go through it, uh, they're missing out on the true joy of what it is to be alive, your, your birthright, to be to, the greatest version of yourself requires that you go through your fears, that you become fearless. And to me, that means going through your fears. They say you fear less. 
And that's how you become, that's where greatness lies. That's where the gold is. That's where the achievements is. That's where you get the wife, the husband, because you weren't afraid to go up and talk. You weren't afraid to go up and express who you are. That's how you become a great actor. I, I've, I've tried being an actor uh, and I've had horrible auditions. <laughs> and still to this day, uh, I, I, I struggle being an actor because the fear comes over me and I'm addressing it though. I tell myself I'm fearless, I'm got this, I'm going through it. Um, and it's hard, it's hard. Uh, the people out there, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's hard to go through your fears. It takes a while, but you gotta keep trying it out. You gotta keep saying to yourself, I'm not afraid. You gotta keep preparing so you can become fearless. You gotta keep loving what you do. I think when you switch it to love, for what you do, that's when it, the fear goes because then you don't care about getting laughed at. You don't care about getting your ass kicked, the inevitable ass kicking that's going to come with doing something great. Not afraid of that because you're doing, at least you're doing what you love. <laughs> it's, it's when you really, what hurts now is when you're doing something that you just kind of like doing uh, and then you get your ass kicked and then that hurts. That hurts. Um, and for me, it's been a process and it still is. It's an ongoing process and it'll be that way until the end of my life is my relationship with my fears and knowing that, that I have what it takes. And that's what I would encourage everybody out there. Get on that mission to find your fearlessness. Start researching it. See what turns you on, what turns you off. Uh, brainwash yourself into your greatness, into your fearlessness, uh, into your knowing, to your truth. Come up with your truth. Uh, and, and really the way to do that is find out what other people's truths are and then base that, make, make your own up. Write it down on a piece of paper. You're writing down your own little cheat sheet. <laughs> um, like I said, I love, I love this topic because it's the key. It's the key to everything. It's the key to what we're going through right now in this COVID crisis uh, is overcoming the fear. Even after it's all over, which it will be over soon. I don't know how soon, but soon enough, hopefully. And getting back into normalcy, uh, recreating the new normal. What is that going to be? People are afraid of that. Well, the way I'm looking at it, it's going to be a great thing. It's going to be something positive. It's going to be something that's going to all help us level up help the world level up. Maybe it's going to be escorting a new consciousness into the world. I don't mean to be, go so woo-woo, but it's going to be something fantastic. People are going to see, wow. Yeah, there's always going to be some negativity of people that succumb to the fear, but there's a lot of people out there that chose not to be afraid and chose to work together and chose, to, chose community chose cooperation that's the beauty of the human experience is going through your fears i feel like you owe it to you owe it to yourself you owe it to to us i owe it to you i always go back to we're all in this together you go we go i go you go <laughs> so anyway guys thanks for for listening i appreciate it i really really appreciate all the people out there that that sent in questions great questions and I look forward to the next one. Everybody out there, stay safe. Stay...
fearless, <laughs> stay curious and all that good stuff. And once again, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review the podcast on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at Tony Gonzalez 88. Connect with me on all social media at Tony Gonzalez 88. And be sure to ask questions for future episodes. I love doing this.